From WBGO, this is Newark Today, your monthly look at what's happening in and around New Jersey's largest city. And now, here's your host, Michael Hill. Welcome to Newark Today. I'm Michael Hill, your host. I'm with NJTV News and, of course, hosting here on WBGO 88.3 FM, WBGO.org on Newark Today. We're talking this evening about the immigration ban of the new administration in Washington and how it impacts the folks who are here in Newark, New Jersey. And uh, we want you to call in. We want to hear what you have to say, share your stories, share your thoughts, share your concerns. Uh, This is an issue that's uh, from coast to coast in America. You have sanctuary cities, of which uh, Newark is certainly one of them, in New Jersey, about a dozen or so. And uh, we even have one state that's trying to become a sanctuary state in America as of uh, as of this week. The call in number here, WBGO, is 844-677-9283. That's 844-677-9283. Our guest this evening is Archangel Antron. He's the executive director of Faith in New Jersey Statewide. And, of course, the Honorable Mayor of Newark, Raz Baraka, who is uh, with us uh, just about every month here, the third Thursday of the month at WBGO's Newark Today. Gentlemen, I certainly want to welcome you to the broadcast, and thank you for coming in. It's cold outside. It's freezing cold. We've had snow this week, but it looks like uh, looks like everything is, uh, is okay. Welcome to the broadcast, Mr. Mayor. Thanks for having me. Antoine, uh, uh, Archangel, pardon me, uh, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Mayor, we're talking about uh, immigration policy and how it impacts uh, places like Newark. And uh, um, um, Archangel, I want to ask you, you're in touch with uh, immigrant families uh, throughout New Jersey, Camden, Middlesex uh, uh, counties, also here in Essex County and in Newark. What are they feeling right now? The president issued this uh, immigration executive order back on January 25th. It's uh, six, seven weeks uh, since then, but the, the, the fear has not subsided. Yeah. Uh, just working with a lot of the families uh, who are undocumented and, and children of undocumented um, parents, um, the anxiety is really high. Uh, ever since the election, the anxiety has been really high. And the big question is, what do we do? And that's the, that's still the lingering question about what do we do? Um, a lot of them have been um, trying to figure out um, do they go back home? Do they try to lawyer up? Do they try to connect with a congregation to get the support that they need? Um, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of anger, um, and just really just feeling that we're being targeted and prioritized for what reason. Um, and then at the same time, there's a level of hope, hopefulness uh, because what they've seen is that just a group of people and, and, and public officials and clergy leaders who are just coming out of their way, coming out of the four corners of their congregations and standing up and resisting. And, and, and they've been, um, and I would say that it's a, it's a mixed bag of emotions, but I would say honestly that um, the, they're still trying to wrestle with what's happening in this country. And does it get better or does it get worse? That's the real question. Right. Uh, Mr. Mayor, you've been uh, paying close attention to this issue. I, I know that you have. And Newark, of course, is a, is a sanctuary city. What are you hearing from the families, the immigrant families uh, in, in, uh, in Newark? Mostly fear. You know, a lot of, a lot of the uh, families are afraid. Every, every meeting that I've went to, a meeting about uh, local control, a parent got up and said, you know, the, the uh, you know, 
her kids and other kids aren't coming to school. They're afraid to come to school. You have you have parents, uh, you know, in other meetings who are, are saying that they're afraid to come back outside to catch public transportation, to, to be involved in city life. And we worked so hard with the municipal ID to kind of reverse uh, that kind of trend, which has been working for some time. And then we've got good uh, anecdotes about uh, how that's helped them in, in, in this uh, kind of struggle. But, uh, you know, we have like 10,000 folks that we've uh, given municipal IDs to, you know. So there's a lot of fear. And, uh, you know, it's 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 not good for our city at all. And, and these uh, municipal <laughs> ID cards, um, do they offer us, uh, any, I don't want to use the word real protection, but do they <clears throat> offer any real protection? Do they offer people in terms of, uh, real protection? Do they offer them, or just confidence or access to services? What does it offer them? Well, access to, access to services definitely, but uh, you know, there there were some anecdotes about you know folks coming and asking folks for IDs, and they were able to uh, present them with a municipal ID that helped them uh, uh, kind of navigate situations. Who's so, asking for the ID? <clears throat> I mean, different folks. I mean, mo- mostly ICE and folks like that. You know, asking people for ID. Uh, you know, you know, stopping people, you know, and that's that's unfortunate, but uh, th- those things may take place. Wow. I don't think ICE is supposed to, unless they're specifically asking, uh, uh, looking for somebody, it's supposed to be asking for, uh, Archangel, I see you shaking your head, ask, stopping people and asking them for, for identification. Uh, I think... Um, uh, the A lot of the, on top of what um, um, the mayor said, a lot of the municipal... Uh, IDs was a way of um, a local effort to try to broaden the case for why um, undocumented families need driver's licenses. And so what you have is a, a, lo- a local effort of, uh, number one, just letting people know that they're, 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 they're in the communities, they're active in the communities, they need to get back and forth, they need to pick up their kids. It's also a safety, you know, a safety concern when, when, parent, when people feel that they uh, might be targeted and they don't want to communicate with um, local enforcement. But what you have with these uh, local municipalities with creating IDs, it just gives a sense of belonging, a sense of that there will be uh, eventually this effort to match some of what other states have been doing is creating driver's license so that families can get around without the worry of being held up or being questioned or um, or, or being targeted. Gives them confidence? Absolutely. You know, con- I think this whole immigration issue is about giving people the confidence that they need to basically go through life like you should do, um, like human being, and not worry about is somebody going to use... Uh, me not having a license or me not, quote unquote, having ID as justifications to deport me and to strip me and to break up my family. Oh, I want to ask you this. And, and, and I know that some people out there and I want to encourage people who, who hear this. Um, if you're upset about what I'm about to say, call in and, and tell me why. But this is what I've heard from people. And this is not my opinion, but I have heard from people who who told me over the last uh, six, seven, eight weeks or so, I did not vote for Donald Trump, but I agree with him that something needs to be done about immigration in this country because the consensus is, according to people who've said this to me in private, that it has really gotten out of hand. Somebody needs to do something about immigration. Archangel, your thoughts? 
Uh, I would laugh. You know, it's, it's laughable. Uh, number one, if anybody who says that, I just, you know, my question to them is where you're getting your information. I think that's very important. If you're just getting out the hand of the mouth of people, then, yeah, you're going to be misled and you're going to be walking around um, repeating what you've heard. But if you're basing it on facts, I mean, the facts say that in, ter- in terms of uh, immigration from uh, uh, Mexico to coming to this country, there's been a huge decrease. When you're talking about the anxiety of some of these policies that have been happening, you're tra- talking about less people traveling and wanting to come to America. When you're talking about um, just all this anxiety in terms of looking at immigration, um, what you find, I, I, you know, what I would tell those those persons is that that's not the facts doesn't support that. Uh, Mr. Mayor, your thoughts? Well, I think something should be done about immigration. Uh, I think the President Obama was doing it, you know, trying to create pathways to citizenship. I think that's what that obviously is what should take place. Is what's been taking place uh, in this country for hundreds of years. Uh, I mean, uh, most Americans are immigrants, right, or, or from immigrant families. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, at some point they were undocumented, right? So. <laughs> You know, uh, there, there should be pathways to citizenship, and I think that's what should be done. And my, if, if, what I can say is, I think what you, the anxiety that you're seeing is that, um, uh, as soon as immigration has always been a part of this country, it's a normal cycle, right? And so, why is this anxiety happening right now? There's nothing new under the sun. Everything has been taking place. And when you look at because this country is now moving towards more black and brown people right. who are migrating to this country, that's when you have these levels of anxiety. I mean, when you look at the research, I mean, Russians are one of the highest population of people who have migrated to this country. You don't hear any conversations about Europeans and Russians and people from uh, different countries. But as soon as you have large influxes that's coming from the Caribbean, and the African communities, um, as well as, you know, the South Americans, the Central Americans, that's when we have this anxiety. And I just feel that what we are doing right now through some of these policies is preventing normal process from going along. But, but here, here, here's the, the, the comeback of, of what I've heard of, of people who um, speak in, in mostly in private about this issue, at least whispering to me. Tell them to illegal, speak up. <laughs> illegal immigration. If you want to come here, come here legally, and and that's their whole point is, if if you want to come to America, if you want to cross the border, there are ways to do it, and come here legally. <laughs> well, let me just say this. I I think it's like you telling someone that um, you telling a homeless person that if you want to work. In Wall Street, you have to get yourself together. <laughs> you have to get yourself a suit. You have to get yourself together. You have to walk in here and you have to have a home. And then we will make sure you're taken care of. And the reason is because we do not have a system that allows people to transition into being an American citizen. Well, we not wealthy. Exactly. If you're not wealthy and we have major disparities. Uh, and so what I will say to people are number one, in terms of faith in New Jersey, we don't believe that anyone is illegal. Everybody is made in the image of God and that you might not have the right documentation, but there's no such thing as an illegal human being on this face of this earth. But on the other side, I would say is that uh, this has been the history of America. And the only people who have the right to even say we don't want any 
illegals or undocumented people in this country are the natives or the original people who came from Africa as a result of slavery. And those are the people who are not saying that. Mr. Mayor? I, I agree with this guy, man. <laughs> I mean, ab absolutely correct. I mean, you know, na the, the natives, uh, you know, they have a lot to say about who, who came here legally <laughs> and illegally and who, uh, you know, took what from who. I'm sure if we interviewed them about this immigration question, they have a, a whole lot of other stuff to say. Now, Mr. Mayor, we have to devote a whole other show to that. Right, right. <laughs> Where you, you're listening to Newark Today on WBGO 88.3 and WBGO.org. Uh, the caller number is 844-677-9283. We're talking about immigration policies and how they impact the people, of course, in Newark and certainly in, uh, in New Jersey, too, on a, a broader look at this issue. Uh, our guest this evening, of course, Archangel Antoine. He's the executive director of Faith in New Jersey, doing a lot of work to help immigrants and immigrant families uh, throughout New Jersey. And, of course, the Honorable Mayor of Newark, Raz Baraka, who spoke, uh, I believe this is back in January, after the uh, president signed the first executive order on uh, immigration. We will not uh, participate in what I have been uh, making analogous to the fugitive slave law, uh, uh, him deputizing local law enforcement to go out and find people to return them uh, uh, where he thinks they belong. We will not participate in that. Mr. Mayor, have you had any um, any incident in incidents of uh, 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 of uh, ICE agents uh, coming into Newark, as far as you know, and? Uh, rounding people up as the uh, suspicion is, as, as far as you know, since the president signed this? No, not, not that I know of, thank God, you know. Um, obviously, the federal authorities are uh, present uh, uh, in New Jersey, so they, they, they're here. Uh, I don't know if they have the, the numbers and, uh, you know, to the, or, or the wherewithal to start rounding people up uh, without the help of local authorities or without any kind of real mandate or reason to do that. Um, <clears throat> so... They're obviously here, but we're glad that that has not happened like that here. They have been doing it um, in, in terms of targeting, as they call it, targeted uh, practices of going after right. people who have depor deportation orders that they've ignored and, and also are here um, uh, undocumented in a way and also who are here uh, and, and accused of committing um, misdemeanors and other crimes and things like that. Uh, I've covered a couple of those stories. Right. and. Uh, and uh, that's exactly what they say that they're doing. And they did that under the Obama administration, but they Absolutely. didn't know they didn't know what was going to happen with this new administration, which seems to be based on the January twenty fifth executive order, much more aggressive in carrying that out. And um, Arcanes, you were talking about a, um, a gentleman, uh, Catalino is his name, uh, who uh, you rallied in favor of him in the snow. I saw pictures right. and so forth. Tell me about that. Yeah, uh, we. Um, Leaders from all different faiths. We had the imams. We had the brothers of uh, the nation of Islam. We had the rabbis of all different movements from Reconstruction to conservatives to reforms. We had the Lutherans. You name a denomination, they were present over the last two months because this is the second rally that we've had. We had one in February. We had a close to 100 leaders who came out to meet him at his uh, building, uh, his meeting. And then you had uh, the meeting that took place on the 10th. 
And really what you have is Catalino Guerrero, who has been in America for 25 years. He goes to a, uh, he's a very active member in church. He has children that he's putting through school. He owns his own house. He pays his um, he pays every single bill that you know it. He works t- relentlessly, never has had even, I mean, not even a ticket um, in, in his name. And then he gets a notice that says you need to show up we, out of out of nowhere. Then he then they say the next meeting you need, you need to bring your passport. And so these are, you know, with our attorneys that we're working with in our national organization, PICO, we rallied around them, started doing the research. And this is a sign that he might get deported. And what we believe in, in faith in New Jersey and all of our leaders that are working with us is that what is happening right now is not just an executive order or it's not just these laws that are being implemented. We have this environment that is causing fear amongst us and is treating, making us want to treat each other as the other, to be fearful of, of the people who live to you, the people who don't look like you, the people who are not um, in your own family. And what it's creating is something that's so contrary to all of our religious traditions and faith traditions, because all of our faith traditions tells us that we should be treating each other like brothers and sisters. And those we don't know are our neighbors and our, our, our friends. And so what's happening is we've taken a stand to say that this is so contrary to what we believe and what we stand for that we have to stand with Catalino because there are thousands, not hundreds of thousands, Catalinos all throughout this country who are being uh, targeted, who are being priority, that haven't done anything wrong. And this is wrong. Now, the order he got from the um, uh, to come in and talk to ICE and and and, and the federal government is, has this did that come after uh, the new administration took office, or was it during the Obama? Uh, he's he's been consistently going to all of his appointments, right? Which whenever they set appointments, he shows up. It wasn't until after this election that then does the that he received the notice for a new date which is a little different you're throwing me off now right, right. so you come to work and they tell you uh, you need to meet with the boss on an, on an off date you start to get a little nervous and so and he, when he showed up he, and we rallied around them and uh, and what I was very pleased with we reached out to uh, you know both senators office right. um, the clergy leaders were calling him consistently and um, Senator Menendez came out with us. We met with the Arch, uh, Archbishop, uh, Cardinal Tobin, um, very good friend of the uh, our, our national network. He's now um, the Arch- head of the Archdiocese He's in Newark, and he came out, and they spoke forcefully, and they gave him an extension of 60 days. But in 60 days, he has to show back up. And so, again, this is, like I said, where, where do we go from here? What we There was a saying in, in the civil rights movement that said, we didn't know what we were doing, but we had to do something. Right. And I feel that that's what's happening right now. A lot of what you see is coming out and pushing and wanting sanctuary policies and codifying them and making sure that we're holding elected officials accountable and public officials accountable. And we're pushing the congregations and the, and the religious institutions to do their part too. So this is what we're doing and what we want at the heart of it is the silent voices of people who are in their homes right now who are afraid to walk out because they might get removed from the house and their homes literally destroyed. <laughs> That's what the mayor was talking about. You're listening to Newark Today on WBGO 88.3 FM and WBGO 
www.ghanaspeaks.org. The call-in number is 844-677-9283. Archangel, I want to ask you this. When you think of a case like Catalino's um, uh, and, and the apparent change in whatever the policy is uh, now, what does that signal to you about what's taking place under this new administration? When someone who's been in the country uh, a dozen years or so, um, abiding by the law, may not have all the paperwork necessary to be here, legally as some people see it, and then all of a sudden, new administration, new pages turn, new policy, you come and talk to us, we want to see this. What does that signal to you? In, in, in the little bit of time that I had to assess this, and what I see is that um, the undocumented population in the immigrant community currently is, is being blamed for what is happening in our country. We have a lot of people who are hurting, who are not undocumented, who are not immigrants. Their jobs are not paid. Their wages are so low. They don't have the health coverage that they need. They're struggling. Um, there's a sense of pride of being an American, right? We were, and we're seeing that what we actually believe in terms of ideals and who we are as Americans is now changing. And instead of us looking towards some of the systems that we have in place, some of our elite classes, and some of our structures that are depriving people, it is literally you have this environment that is being shifted to say, those people who are working for $3 an hour, for $4 an hour, who don't look like you, who are black and brown, they're the ones that you should be blaming for how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And that's a dangerous place that we're at in this country. Mr. Mayor, what do you think of that? That's absolutely uh, the the truth. And then there's the whole cultural piece of it, you know, this kind of, uh, you know, um, American almost kind of psychosis, you know, this idea, um, you know, that this kind of purity, this kind of uh, exceptionalism, uh, that exist, uh, and, and that it it is going to uh, be uh, amalgamated. You know, it's going to be decimated even by different cultures and different ideas. It's one thing, you know, uh, to to not uh, have a, a adequate job, to have your your, your farm fail and uh, you know be laid off at the coal mine and, and and all of these other kinds of things, but also to have your cultural identity. Uh, and your historiography questioned or, or challenged even uh, by by other folks is is damaging. You know, it was it, it, it was one thing to to feel inferior uh, because you didn't have the economic status that other people had, uh, but you always felt superior to other people because you we lived in a society that taught you that kind of supremacy that made you believe that there were some people lesser than you, uh, and then when you got this kind of liberalization of 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 the a academia the culture intelligentsia is telling you well that's not okay anymore like you have to now understand that these people are are equal you know culturally uh, intellectually physically and they ought to be treated properly and as human beings uh you feel like you are uh being challenged your ideas your thoughts your way of life uh is being challenged and and it's the same thing that happened in the early 1900s you know uh, you know the, the our involvement, the United States involvement in the First World War, the 
you know, the the re-energizing of the Ku Klux Klan, you know, after mm-hmm. the birth of a nation movie, this whole concept and idea that America is being challenged, which the Palmer raids, you know, all of these things, you know, want to drive people out of of this country, this isolationism. And that's what's happening again, you know, to justify the failure of this economy um, uh, in this country uh, uh, because of big money and banks and financial institutions uh, that have been wearing down on people and the refusal to 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 uh, distribute the wealth in a, in an equal way. What are what are the people on Ferry Street? Newark has a, a significant um, immigrant population. What about the people on Ferry Street? Are, 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 are is there fear there? Are people concerned about? It? Are they out and about? What are they doing? Sure, I would say everywhere, man. But we had a meeting down uh, in Ironbound, down Neck, and uh, yeah, there was clear a concern. Uh, levels higher to fear, you know, and I think that's all over the place. And what people don't understand is, like we're saying, you know, there's immigrants all over the city of Newark. You know, we have Brazilian immigrants, Portuguese immigrants, Eastern Europeans, Africans, you know, uh, West Indians, all over this town. And we have, uh, you know, uh, a population of folk Muslims and people that come from Muslim countries that are here in uh, Newark, New Jersey. Uh, and and it is in, it is important for us to embrace them particularly at this time, because they are fearful. A nation of immigrants. Uh, New Jersey has among the um, states with the most uh, immigrants. Uh, New Jersey ranks uh, third, I believe, uh, highest with the most amount of uh, in- immigrants per uh, per capita. Uh, back in January, when uh, the new administration issued this um, immigration ban, this immigration executive order, as you call it, the uh, United States senators um, uh, for New Jersey, uh, Cory Booker and Bob Menendez, both... Uh, spoke about this. Here is uh, Senator Menendez. We are going to do everything that we can legislatively to try to defund some of the efforts of the executive orders, to push back on legislation against elements of the executive order, to have our communities rise up and speak up. And I think you're going to see an intersectionalism uh, like we've never seen before on the question of immigration in our country. The number to call here on WBGO is 844-677-9283. Do you know someone who's affected by this executive order that the new administration signed, the new president signed back in January, January 25th? If you know someone, if you're affected by this, we'd certainly like to hear from you here at uh, Newark Today on WBGO, 844-677-9283. One of the things that uh, this administration is still doing, and it was uh, what the Obama administration was doing, was, and we spoke about this briefly earlier, was going after people who have deportation orders against them. Cases have been heard and adjudicated, decided in court. And for some reason, they're still here in the United States. And some of those folks have been accused of going out and committing other crimes, and uh, and that seems to be what uh, ICE is uh, is hanging its its hat on. I have a statement here. We asked uh, a representative for ICE to come on and to speak to us about uh, immigration policy and so forth. And I want to read you this statement. It asked us to um, uh, to contribute to this broadcast since it wasn't sending anyone uh, in the flesh and blood, as they call it. ICE regularly conducts targeted enforcement operations during which. Additional resources and personnel are dedicated to apprehending deportable foreign nationals. All enforcement activities are conducted with the same level of professionalism and respect that ICE officers exhibit every day. The focus of these targeted enforcement operations is consistent with the routine 
targeted arrest carried out by ISIS fugitive operations team on a daily basis. ICE will not confirm an operation prior to its completion, nor will ICE speculate on future operational activities. So it seems to be ICE is saying, and this is what they've told me, we don't conduct raids. We don't uh, 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 raids in the sense of uh, the shows uh, like Cops on TV where officers are uh, using uh, ramming rods and knocking down doors and kicking in doors and, and, and things like that. Uh, what they do, and I've been out with uh, a couple of times with them on some of these operations, they have a specific person or two they're looking for. They know the person may be uh, um, XX is his name or whatever, and or, 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 or RR or whatever, and they're looking for him. They know that at a certain time that he goes to work at 5 o'clock in the morning, he leaves the house, and uh, and we'll we'll wait for him to come out, and we'll pounce on him. And I've seen them actually actually do this. But uh, for some reason, ICE has had to defend itself against the word raids. It, it doesn't like it, and it wants to call these things um, roundups. And uh, Mr. Mayor, is that some of what you were what, what you were you were talking about that they're asking for IDs? This sounds yeah. like something completely different. Yeah, a, 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 I don't know what the difference between a roundup and a raid is. I mean, <laughs> I mean, some kind of semantic thing there. But I mean, you rounded up a whole bunch of people versus raiding them. I don't understand what the difference is. Uh, you know, and if they go in somebody's house and they figure out that a few people are undocumented, do, undocumented, do they leave those guys and 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 just take the person that they're looking for? Or, I mean, there there have been people who, you know, have been taken or or have been in the presence of ICE or detained, you know, without any of without their names being identified uh, by them. The the times I've seen them in the, in this uh, uh, roundups, as they call them, is uh, they don't go into a place unless they. Uh, unless they have good reason to believe that somebody is in it. And all the times I've seen they waited for somebody to come outside, when they come outside for work. Because yeah, they I, don't have no warrant. No, yeah, do I, don't they have, have, I don't think they have a warrant, right. and, uh, other than to, uh, to get somebody. We do have a caller, but uh, you're listening to uh, <coughs> uh, Newark Today on WBGO, and our guest this evening, of course, the Honorable Mayor of Newark, Ras Barak, and of course, Archangel Antoine, he's the Executive Director of Faith in New Jersey, helping a lot of the immigrants and immigrant families uh, throughout New Jersey. We're talking about immigration policy and some of the impact on the folks right here in the great city of Newark. Coming up on the next WBGO Journal, WBGO's own Alan Wolfer chats with VA Shiva Ayodore, the patented inventor of email. The first version of it, uh, we called email and we had this system which basically let these uh, office workers move from the typewriter to the computer keyboard and they could do everything they did with the inner office mail system. WBGO's Ang Santos takes us to the Schomburg Center in Harlem for their annual Women's Jazz Festival, where this year they're paying tribute to Ella Fitzgerald's centennial. You know, nobody's surpassed her yet with, with that unique quality to be really one in the band. Um, she could stand next to Dizzy Gillespie, uh, Roy Eldridge, anybody, and hold her on. We'll have all this and more. Join us Saturday morning at 6 a.m. right here on WBGO 88.3 FM and WBGO.org. You're you're listening to Newark Today, and we want to hear from you. Call us at 1-844-677-9283. That's 1-844-677-9283. 
Newark Today on WBGO 88.3 FM and WBGO.org. The call in number is 844-677-9283. We're talking about immigration policy and some of the impact on the great city of Newark. Our guest this evening, of course, the Honorable Mayor of Newark, Ras Baraka, and Archangel Antoine, the Executive Director of Faith in New Jersey. We have Anthony on the line from Staten Island. Hi, Anthony. Hello. How are you, sir? We're great. What's your question? Mr. Mayor, Director, um, I wanted to address what you had spoken of earlier. And I, I, I heard in your voice when you were relaying the, the sentiment you heard from people, and you, you, you said it in a measured tone and whispers, you described it. I'm a first-generation American, and I'm going to tell you what my parents and aunts and uncles and what I hear from them and their disappointment with the, the state of immigration in America today is when they came here in the 50s and the 40s, they needed to be sponsored. They needed to have a sponsor here in America that spoke for them, that if something happened, if they didn't do the right thing as a citizen, these sponsors would be held accountable for their actions. They needed a job here waiting for them, ready, so that they didn't become a burden on the rest of the population. And it seems like that disappeared. And, you know, you, you, you speak about immigrants of color. I'm going to say, how about Russian immigrants in Brooklyn that come here and they game the system and they take food stamps and they take housing money and they're driving around in Benzes and BMWs and Brighton Beach. And these aren't people of color. These are white Russians. Anthony, what's and your they question? Sandy bags and furs. That's what upsets immigrants that came here in the 40s and the 50s the right way. What, what's your question, Anthony? My question is why can't we talk about going back to immigration like that? Well, I don't, I don't know what day he's talking about. It's kind of revisionist. I don't. If you look at what in, in, in these cities where immigrants were, I'm sure many immigrants didn't come with a sponsor. Uh, and every immigrant community that came into the United States had an element of crime that was associated with it, whether you're talking about Italians or Irish, even Jews, African-Americans from the south up into the north in these cities, because of lack of employment, because they didn't have jobs, because they didn't have resources, because they were piled up in uh, conditions uh, that were terrible and work conditions that were terrible, which is why unions were created and, and were filled mostly with immigrants, immigrants who were hardworking, who decided to be a part of these unions, who began to fight for better working conditions for all Americans. Uh, this is the history of the United States. I don't know if these guys had a, a U.S. or American history in high school or college, but uh, that, you know, is very clear. That's not something that we're making up. That is actually factual. I mean, so when you say Russians came over here, they don't have a monopoly on crime. Neither does African-Americans, neither does Mexicans. We don't have like a monopoly on crime. You know, at some point, if when you said gangster, uh, people were referring to Italian and Irish immigrants, right? So it's important for us to tell the truth when we begin talking about uh, history. So all of us who came here weren't these kind of hardworking people who uh, had jobs waiting for them somewhere in America. The problem was everybody thought the streets of America was paved with gold. They just didn't know uh, that they were going to have to pave them when they got here. <laughs> Anthony, thank you for your call. Mr. Mayor, Newark is a sanctuary city. What does that mean? It means that we are, uh, you know, it means that we aren't going to cooperate with the federal government in identifying and chasing down folks that they uh, think are, un uh, are undocumented, that we're not going to participate in that. It also means that 
immigrants or undocumented uh, residents in this city are going to be treated like regular residents, that we're going to find pathways for them to participate in our economy, participate in our social life here in the city, and we're not going to drive them into the shadows or make them feel like they're illegal or criminal uh, simply because they're undocumented, that we're going to do that, that they can go to school without fear of uh, the school officials reporting them to ICE, that they can interact with police, they can have report crime, they can do all the kinds of things that everybody else can do in this city without the fear of us uh, handing over their information to the federal authorities. Does it give them a false sense of security in any way? No, I don't think it's false. I think the security, I mean, in, in some counties and municipalities around the country, uh, the, the city government and the county actually participates with ICE. And if you get pulled over, they will give your information away. If you do show up in school and you're undocumented, you will be uh, identified. Uh, all of these kinds of things, they, they don't have a municipal ID. They're trying to drive you into the shadows. Uh, this is telling them that your neighbors, the people who live amongst you in the city, are not on some kind of uh, red scare to, to round you up and, and, and drag you over to the federal authorities, that we're, we're not going to do that. In fact, we're going to do what we can to use our resources to uh, protect you. Does that put the city at risk of losing federal dollars, though? Because the, the new budget just came out for this administration, and this is a president who has threatened to go after sanctuary cities by withholding federal funds. Well, looking at his budget, I think all Americans are in threat of losing federal dollars. I think I think we all in trouble, so everybody should be a sanctuary city based on this guy's budget. You don't have any art. You don't have any health. You won't have anything, you know, no anything, a housing authority. He's cutting everything, you know, and uh, it's utterly uh, ridiculous. Uh, Archangel, uh, your thoughts. Uh, you, you work with uh, sanctuary cities, sanctuary <laughs> counties. Uh, there are a couple of them in New Jersey. Um, do they do they offer any more protection than uh, than than not being a sanctuary city, not being a sanctuary county? Yeah. So, w number one, um, we have a lot of um, our public officials who have made commitments to not work alongside ICE or what we call the uh, the two eighty two eighty seven G agreements. Right. Um, but at the same time, the alliance position is we would love to see that codified right. in all of our, our municipalities so that it brings that sense of confidence and we actually have something tangible so that if something happens that um, not one person is just making um, a decision on whether it should happen or not. The research will show you that um, most of the sanctuary, sanctuary cities are, are some of the most safest places that you have. And so um, in terms of crime quote-unquote crimes that um, immigrants are um, are creating, that's a misnomer. That's just a, just, just part, part of propaganda. But what, what we will say is that um, I think it just goes back to how do you give confidence? How do people who are passionate about making sure that their neighbors are protected and making sure that their friends are protected know that their tax dollars are not being used to deport people and to detain people? Because we're not just talking about removing people. We're talking about a system that is taking people from their homes and putting them into private prisons <laughs> where they hold them there and while making millions of dollars uh, on their backs and also sometimes getting labor out of them in the, in the meantime. So what you had in, a, in, in Elizabeth, New Jersey, you had ICE officers who were trying to get into um, one of the, one of the uh, uh, residents' homes and they had to actually go back and they went to work together with the local officers. And so this was something that the, uh, that the public officials said they would not do. 
But when the time came, they were actually cooperating with ICE to actually identify people and to go to their homes. And this is what we're saying. Nobody should feel that um, that that their homes should be their homes should be a safe place and nobody should just be going to their homes and working with local authorities because again it's a public safety issue what happens when there are real issues in the community you can't depend on the undocumented community and the immigrant community trust officers so it creates a system that people go inward and then there's this divide amongst the people i want to play for you um uh, uh this is what uh, Senator Booker was talking about, I believe, back in January when he uh, raised the same issue. You raised, uh, Archangel. What he's asking local law enforcement officers to do is to go from their number one mission, which is to keep our cities and our communities safe. He's basically telling those law enforcement officers, you are now being drafted into doing the bidding of the Trump administration, which ultimately undermines these officers mandate of community safety. <coughs> That's uh, Senator Cory Booker talking about um, uh, the executive order on immigration back in January, uh, where the Trump administration encouraging local law enforcement to help ICE uh, federal agents uh, go after those who should not be here as the administration sees it. The number to call here on WBGO, uh, we certainly want to hear from folks uh, affected by uh, this immigration policy, 844-677-9283. I want to read you a statement that a, uh, an ICE uh, representative gave uh, to one member of the news media of this week, and this is a direct quote. When law enforcement agencies fail to honor immigration detainers and release serious criminal offenders onto the streets, it undermines ICE's ability to protect public safety and carry out its mission, almost the exact opposite of what you're saying, Archangel, and also almost the exact opposite of what the senator was saying. Your thoughts? I think it is our responsibility to make sure that we're not doing the dirty work of the system that wants to deprive people of the humanity. And that's really what I believe. I believe it is our responsibility to ensure that people feel protected, they know they're protected, and again, speaking from, from a faith perspective and working with um, all different clergy leaders, it's our responsibility to make sure that we're living up to our own standards. Let me challenge you on this. Yeah. If someone who is here and has a deportation order <clears throat> against himself or herself and has not left the country and is here now accused of committing other crimes, doesn't that threaten public safety? So th that becomes very tricky. Let me, and let me tell you why creating other crimes right that's that's so what did they do did they jaywalk well, so if somebody who's undocumented here who decides to jaywalk they should be deprived of their home that they that they stayed I think in they're talking more serious stuff. well i think that's my yeah. point we should get we should demand to get the details of what people are saying because as soon as you if you if your kids was in the midst of a of violence in Guatemala where literally you've lost three kids and you no longer want to lose the other kid and you send the kid across <laughs> a dangerous terrain to come to America, quote unquote, he's labeled as illegal, coming to this country, trying to live. And my point is saying, 
our what we're we don't want to do the work of the system that wants to deprive people of their humanity, who wants to label them so they can profit off their backs. If America was in the business of literally saying we take you and then we bring you to your country, then I would I would I can entertain that. But we are putting people into private prisons and we are making people billionaires overnight off the backs of people. My family came here. My family were immigrants from Haiti. They they ran from being uh, when my uncle was killed, they came here on a boat to America. And so my point is, when you look at the U.S. detention centers, and we haven't really talked about this, which is black immigrants, Africans, Caribbeans, mm-hmm. people of Afro-Latinos, they are, the, they, are, they are deported and detained at higher risk. 18% of U.S. detention centers are filled with who? Not Mexicans, Haitians. And that is the crisis. In July, TPS will be expired for all Haitians. And Newark has high concentrations of Haiti. Irvington, East Orange, New Jersey has the fourth largest Haitian population. All those people will become a priority. And guess what? I refuse for anyone to label them as criminals because they're here. They haven't done anything wrong, but because they don't have the right paperwork. And so I demand details when people tell me they committed a crime. What crime? Mm. We have a call, Julius, uh, on the line from Newark. Julius, you have a question for Mayor Asbaraka? Julius, are you there? I am. Yes, go ahead, please. Uh, Mr. Mayor, hi. My name is Jules Spawn. Uh, I know Corey Bucher very, very well, and uh, Mildred and a lot of the people here in Newark that work with you there. Uh, I was born and raised in Newark. I'm 75 years old. My family's been in Newark since 1850. Well, my family were cops in Newark. My great-grandfather was one of the first six cops in Newark. Uh, my question to you is um, regarding sanctuary cities. You took a note to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States when you became mayor. Why are you violating that oath by allowing these illegal criminals to stay in the city of Newark? Well, I, I don't allow illegal criminals to stay in the city of Newark. I also... In, in the oath uh, that we took as to uphold the Constitution of the United States, I wouldn't uh, uphold Jim Crow or fugitive slave laws or any of the laws that I think are, uh, in my mind, uh, really unconstitutional. Um, and if you follow the Constitution of the United States, the Constitution of the United States actually protects um, people that are in this country, whether they're undocumented or not, which is why the president can't unilaterally put people out or stop people from coming into this country because the Constitution of the United States actually protects them uh, when they get here. Uh, people like to talk about the exceptionalism of this country because of those documents, Declaration of Independence, the Constitution of the United States. But those documents have a kind of general uh, 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 consensus that protects uh, people, you know, all people, regardless of uh, their language, their food, their, their national origin, uh, their race, uh, all, all of those things. And we've been fighting to get America to actually live up to those documents. And, that, and that's what we're still doing. We're trying to uh, make America live up to the United States Constitution. And I think that I'm upholding the Constitution when I protect uh, undocumented residents uh, that are here in, in the city of Newark, not violating the Constitution. Those who violate the Constitution are those who can label people criminals simply because of the language that they speak, the color of their skin, or their national origin, and begin to call them criminals unilaterally and generally uh, simply because something a few people have done uh, I would never say that uh, all Irish are, are gangsters, all Italians are gangsters. I think that's absolutely incorrect. Uh, it's wrong. It's racist. It's, it's xenophobic. 
and to, to label all Muslims and people of color and Mexicans or any Latinos, period, uh, because, uh, you know, a couple have committed uh, crimes is wrong and it's unconstitutional and un-American. You went to school here, San Antonio, St. James, Rutgers. I'm, you know, I'm from Newark my whole life and I see what's going on here. But uh, I, I'm not going to continue this, but I just want to let you know that not everybody agrees oh, I'm with sure. you and a lot of the liberals Absolutely. on the, uh, the sanctuary city policy. I agree. I, they, everybody, uh, I don't expect everybody to agree with me. That's why we live in a democracy. We have the ability to disagree uh, and not be persecuted because of our, our ideas and our thoughts. I mean, I'm not angry with you because you disagree. I just think you're wrong. Jules, would you hold on, please? Uh, uh, Archange has a comment uh, as well. Yeah, and what I wanted to challenge is, again, looking at some of our, our faith traditions and our religious traditions, I think a lot of people are, are calling people, um, they're labeling people, that's something that's totally contrary to their own holy texts and the holy scriptures. You know, the Bible talks about that in the Christian traditions. It's, it's that we should treat our neighbors like we want to be treated ourselves. In the Jewish faith, it talks about how do we treat the strangers and we stand with the strangers. In the Muslim in the Muslim traditions, it says those who do not treat their brothers and sisters, not only in the faith, but outside the faith, in their neighborhoods, are not followers of the Prophet Muhammad, are not followers of God. And so my, my point is just saying that we have people of faith have to make a decision or if you're going to just continue to buy into what people are saying or you're actually going to live up to what you call your life, your breath and what saves you from death in your traditions. Jules, I want to ask you, what do, what do you think of the president's um, uh, immigration, the executive order that he signed back on January 25th? Is he still there? Yes. He's gone. OK. Um, 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 Archangel, you, you, you heard what he said. You, you know where he stands uh, on this issue, on, on immigration. At least we have a, a pretty good sense. Um, you encounter that every day, trying to help people in Newark and in New Jersey. Um, do you ever come face to face with them and, and, and try to persuade them and try to get them to change? Um, I think, number one, I think... People have to be open, right? You have to be open. Number one, I think they have to be open to information. And how do you know someone like that and listening to that? How would you know he was he's, he's not open? Uh, I didn't, I'm not necessarily making a critique about him. What I'm saying is the people that I encounter, I try to determine if they're open. I look at body language. I look at how I'm introducing you to information. I ask you where you got that what from. What about their actual language? Like someone saying illegal Oh, that no, that 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 doesn't intimidate me because hey, if that's all you hear, you say illegal, right? Uh, until you somebody tells you differently, right? There's a lot of people who are part of this movement who used to say illegal, now they say undocumented. So that's not I'm not getting in words. I'm talking about in terms of if somebody's spirit is open, their hearts are open, their souls are open to being cha- introduced to new information, then of course they're winnable. But if they're saying I'm just locked into this situation because this is what I believe and nothing can change then I don't, I don't waste my time because there's only so many hours in a day and I'd rather spend it with somebody who truly doesn't understand who wants to help. Did that caller seem locked into you? Um, I don't know if that caller seemed locked in, but what I will say is that caller seems like he hasn't done his research. He seems like he hasn't made time to actually study the issue, to study the facts. And I don't know if, I don't know if whatever his particular faith is, but whoever his faith is, I question their clergy leaders. And what is it that you're teaching this person that makes him open his mouth on, in public radio that calls some and demonize somebody? 
That's not what we do. That's not what we're supposed to do. I want to shift gears here just a, a little bit. You know, um, we're talking about the uh, new administration's immigration ban, but there's uh, also this uh, in, in making huge headlines, the travel ban. And the first one from uh, January 27th, the second one on uh, March 6th, which a uh, Hawaiian uh, federal judge ruled on uh, late last night. And there was a huge rally today at Newark Airport where uh, people showed up. Uh, Archangel, you were there. Yes, uh, we were there. Um, people, we were excited that um, as of, I think, last night, um, that the judge blocked the um, executive order that was reintroduced by um, the president. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's it's just a sad moment that we're in. You know, how, we're, we're, it, the president's actions are not based on any real criteria of why we are targeting these countries. And again, um, I just think, um, it just adds to the fuel um, of just hate that we have going on in this, uh, in this country. And so I just, I, again, we stood up because um, we had our, uh, our religious leaders out there. We had our community leaders out there. And everybody was speaking out forcefully. Um, and we should just, and, and, and I think it's just a distraction. This is another distraction from the real issues at hand. I'm going to play in a, in a second here. We have a caller on. This is a Celeste on the line. But I want to play a, a, a couple of comments we got from uh, from the rally out there today and people talking about uh, some of the issues and how this directly impacts uh, Newark as well. But Celeste is on the line all the way from Brooklyn. Uh, Celeste, you have a comment or a question? Thank you for joining us. have a comment and a question. Go right ahead. I'm, I'm the daughter of immigrants. My uh, grandmother here in the 1930s. My mom came in the 1940s. And Do you have a radio on behind you? No, I don't. Okay, we're hearing somewhat of an echo, but go right ahead. I, I hear it. Well, in the, at that time, you had to be sponsored. Yes, you did. But it wasn't hard to be sponsored. And once you were here, you could bring your children. It didn't cost you all the money in the world to become a citizen, and you were able to, uh, it didn't take you years to become a citizen, and this has created some of the problem that we have right now. And so I wonder how we look at what worked previously and create something that will work at this present time and help create Americans who have contributed to society, because certainly that's what my immigrants family has. And your family came from where? Barbados. Barbados. And and how did your family come here? You said the uh, someone had a sponsor? My grandmother was sponsored by a doctor that she worked for. And after she worked and she saved some money, she was able to sponsor my mother, her child. Uh, the child didn't need to have a job. That she could come because her mother was. Uh, right. I, I, yes, Mr. Mayor. No, I, I don't think that that we weren't saying that that didn't happen. We were saying that that exclusively happened. It was the only way that immigrants got here. I, I don't believe that that is the case. I think obviously some people got here without that process. Uh, you know, a, as they are today. I think as was stated earlier, because of the character, the social and uh, national character of the people that are coming here are different. You know, in in the main. Uh, or, or are the focus, 
uh, that that all these policies are changing. And, and and I think that what the president was trying to do was come up with some solid immigration reforms that would create a, a kind of or expedite a pathway for folks to become citizens. You're about President Obama. President Obama. Yes. Yeah, he, he's still the president to me. No, 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 no. that's another show, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> Ex, you know, expedite a, uh, you know, a way. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble all over Twitter for that comment. But, you know, uh, for people to become citizens, and I think that that's what should happen. And, I, and honestly, I think uh, Trump right now has an opportunity, uh, if he wanted it, to create a policy that created a pathway for folks to become citizens uh, in this country. I think there is a lot, because all of the attention is on this, uh, all of the legislators are around this, all of the thinking. I think right now there's a, a great opportunity to create a kind of really progressive immigration policy. Do I think he's going to do it? I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't believe that, but, you know, this is an opportune time to get that done. Yeah, but he, his supporters in, in, in and out of Congress would, I don't, I don't think they would go for that. No, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, the, these people are still trying to devise ways to keep people out of here as opposed to trying to uh, allow people an opportunity to become uh, citizens of this country. I think that that is really what the, the focus should be. Uh, and, and this isolationism is dangerous. I mean, I, I do not think that it makes the country safer uh, by isolating yourself. History has proven that isolationism creates fa- fear and danger uh, and war. And it, and it does not support uh, the, the idea of, you know, making the world closer, smaller, uh, safer. I think that creating a policy uh, that is progressive and that allows people to become immigra- become citizens in this country uh, actually does that. As promised, uh, this is Senator Ray Lesniak uh, talking about uh, the immigration ban uh, known as the travel ban against uh, some of the um, mostly Muslim nations, uh, Syria, Iran, Sudan, uh, and Libya, and a couple of other places. This is uh, Senator Ray Lesniak speaking at the rally today at Newark International Airport about the impact of the travel ban on places like Newark and New Jersey. We have a... uh very uh, strong higher education and high-tech industry and there are many companies who have workers and families and friends from some of the countries designated here who will be inhibited to travel, discouraged from coming here as, as professors. Travel now is down here at Newark Airport so it also hurts us economically. You know, I was at Newark Airport yesterday, and I spoke to, um, his name is Mohandas uh, Narla. He's the vice president of research for the New York Blood Center. And he's originally from um, India. He was uh, coming back from two weeks in in Paris, and uh, he's Hindu. And uh, he said that he had friends who were uh, in the research field, in the medical field, who were concerned about uh, some of the immigration policy. And he said to me, he said, look, I'm from India. I've had the good grace of being in this country. This country has treated me well. He said, uh, again, but I'm from India. I'm a Hindu. And what concerns me about this this travel ban and these immigration policies is that it's Muslims today. Right. At some point, it could easily turn into something else. Absolutely. There's, there's somebody on my Twitter that says that the immigration the ban has nothing to do with religion it has it has to do with bad actors well that's the first the court didn't see it that way they thought that it clearly identified uh, uh muslims and that it clearly singled them singled them out and that the countries that were identified were over 90 percent you know muslim countries 
and so it clearly uh, has something to do with being uh, in the Islamic faith, uh, and, and that is dangerous. I think that the administration, based on the court rulings, can't get away from all of the talk, campaign talk, and even right. when he became president, of targeting Muslims. You, right. you, you can't get over that. Not at all. I want to thank our guest this evening, Mayor Rasbaraka of the City of Newark, and of course, um, Archangel Antoine, the Executive Director of Faith in New Jersey, uh, statewide, who's been helping a lot of the immigrant families here. And we got to have you back. You've been uh, terrific. We've got to have you back. I want to thank my uh, my team here. Um, Corey Goldberg on the boards, Ang Santos on the phones, and of course, Alexandra Hill, uh, our producer and our executive producer, Mr. Doug Doyle, also uh, our news director here at WBGO. I'm your host, Michael Hill of NJTV News. Thank you once again for listening. Look forward to talking to you again next month on WBGO. You're listening to WBGO, Newark.